0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown. This time going indeed for Beckham Jr., gonna catch it. He did. Hello everyone, you're listening to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, and my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined as always by my co-host here on the show, it is Sean Siegel. Sean, uh, for the listeners, um, we've we've been hoping for this day for a number of weeks uh, over the past probably... Three months for myself. I've moved into a new house. Um, everything in the house, obviously, is uh, you know exactly how I wanted it to be. The one issue we had is uh, getting internet connection to a new house uh, in Ireland is not not the easiest of tasks. But thankfully uh, last Thursday internet has been connected and this is uh, the first show that I've been doing from the new office uh, in the new house that I've been uh, teasing uh, some some of the guys behind the scenes about being excited to have set up. So uh, looking forward to uh, recording. We have some uh, new equipment. I, I can't... Guarantee that it'll all be used for affection this week but looking forward to getting it uh, into the regular routine uh, for the upcoming shows but Sean uh, another week into the offseason another week closer to the NFL draft and uh, some interesting news in the NFL again this week a little more news in the, the NFL than we would normally have at this stage of the season but that that uh, pre-NFL draft itch is certainly uh, growing on me uh, week on week.
1: Yeah, we have free agency coming up and had a big signing yesterday with J.J. Watt going to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Listeners know that the Cardinals, along with the Kansas City Chiefs, are sort of the two teams that are, are home teams for me. So that's a pretty exciting signing. I still have J.J. Watt on a lot of those IDP leagues that i joined six seven eight years ago and if he could have a big season it would help in multiple ways so exciting to get him here in arizona hopefully that doesn't mean that the cardinals go even more to their conservative let's run the ball when we get by two points late in the game that cost them so many games in 2020 cost them a playoff spot and (laughs) really put uh, some of their i think members of, of the brain trust already in a little bit of difficulty but That's a a big sighting. Very exciting there. And yeah, it just feeds into the enthusiasm for fantasy football. Saw the Arizona Cardinals defense uh, quickly go earlier than they have been in a couple of best ball drafts yesterday. We're going to talk about some best ball values today. We're going to talk a little bit about defensive strategy on Thursday and how you can use that to really gain such a big advantage on your league mates that you know you might not quite realize just how much you can do there so a lot of fun things to talk about and you know we're going to get started here with one of our favorite rotoviz guys who call him he's just undervalued
0: year after year after year uh, year after year after year and uh, it's just it, it continues and uh, he's kind of There's a couple of guys who have been poster boys, Sean, for the the Road of His Overtime podcast. I think Tyler Boyd might be the biggest one of those uh, over the years. Um, His big breakout season coming uh, towards the start of the podcast, and I don't think anyone was uh, as on board with Tyler Boyd that season as you were. So there's been a a major uh, couple of seasons here where there's been just such productivity. Uh, That's happened with a a range of different quarterbacks. It's happened with a range of different wide receivers around him. Um, Obviously, A.J. Green aging. Uh, we've been wanting him to be out of the picture for the last uh, couple of seasons, but we also have Key Higgins coming into the picture who uh, helps freshen up that wide receiver room, and I think actually helps Tyler Boyd's case based on uh, skill set of both players. But his his win rate over the last couple of seasons has been uh, never kind of reaching where his value is, um, and just impressive year on year, and um, consistently going um, you know a lot later than we're recommending him going. I know he's somebody who will be targeting the game again. This year is a value and when we're targeting him at the range he's currently going at a, a wide receiver 32 range and we're you know expecting him to be finishing up easily inside that uh, top 24 wide receivers uh, again this season um, I think it just proves to be a, a great value when we look at 2020 at uh, 10% win rate last year 2019 Nine point eight percent win rate and the the big breakout uh, season coming with eighteen point eight percent win rate. So we have seen three very very consistent years from him. Um, I think that I think he's just one of those players that he's playing for the the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, probably not coming with the prestige of some of the other franchises in the NFL Uh, you know the media coverage and the the national attention not quite as much there and I think that does lead into potential opportunities for us then in terms of uh, fantasy players that maybe for some people isn't as exciting uh, but Tyler Boyd gets the the job done year in year out and he's uh, certainly for me fallen into that Jarvis Landry category where year in, year out, uh, just just hit the button and draft him and uh, see those points uh, stack up for you on a weekly basis.
1: He is, and he, he's sort of the... Uh- The headliner for the article that I'll have out on the site in the next couple days, looking at five big values in early FFPC Best Ball 10. So we've talked about the command center, how it can allow you to get a lot of your guys below their ADP, cheaper than they're usually going for. But we also have targets that we want at ADP because at ADP there are such tremendous values as it is. As you mentioned, Tyler Boyd leads the way there. There are a lot of different. Metrics we can look at to help decide who's a value, and in any given time period, there aren't going to be a ton of values because the market is pretty good at figuring out, you know, where where people scored the year before, how similar their situation is, what the risks happen to be in the upcoming season. But we do some see some of these types of players who their win rate is very very good and yet their ADP's don't jump. And one of the reasons why there aren't a lot of clear values is because someone if someone comes out and has, you know, a 10 11 12% win rate in one season, then they're drafted earlier the next year. And it just it balances itself out. You can't just chase the one guy because the ADP recalibrates. Well, with a handful of players, that's not necessarily true and we do want to go after those guys unless we think there's a big red flag. So, you mentioned those win rates for Boyd, you know, well above the average win rate of 8.3%. The interesting thing was that he was drafted 65th overall in 2019, had a 9.6% win rate, and yet dropped down almost 20 slots for 2020. And I think that had a lot to do with getting that rookie quarterback in there in Joe Burrow, having AJ Green theoretically healthy, although we saw that he basically is washed up, and then having that rookie to also perhaps take some targets. What happened instead was Was that Burrow was very, very good, made this offense a lot more dynamic, and T. Higgins helped to draw a little bit of coverage. So uh, the thing here, too, is now I think we're getting a little bit of concern about Burrow's recovery. So maybe that's the risk the players are factoring in to a slight extent. But when you look at what he did last year, drafted 83rd overall, 10% win rate, and now is a slot cheaper than that for 2021 that's weird right especially when you go in and look at exactly what happened last year where through week 11 when joe burrow got injured tyler boyd was sitting at 14 percent win rate and one of the things that we see and i think this is a little bit interesting michael dubner had this fantastic article last season about functional fantasy points and essentially that you really did need those spike performances to drive win rate and then he looked at it and realized okay well Even though consistency is hard to predict, there are all kinds of studies showing that, we still do have this sense that the vertical receivers are going to be less consistent because they have the deeper targets and fewer of them. And so that feels like it would be a very clear signal that those guys are going to be less consistent. They're going to have the big games. They're going to have the lower games. For best ball, that's very effective. Well, one of the interesting things about Tyler Boyd is that In that stretch through week 11, he had a 20-point game, a 22-point game, a 27-point game, a 19-point game, a couple other games in that 16-17 range. So he was actually putting up these big games that best ball owners covet, and yet because he's looked at as a possession receiver, then he's not necessarily getting credit for it. The other interesting thing about Dubner's research was that he showed that receivers who have this vertical element to their profile – they actually get overdrafted to the extent that it wipes out any value that would be there, right? So not only is it hard to predict, but just because of the sense that we have about some of these players, they're drafted earlier than any possible uh, value for them could represent. And so those guys end up being league losers as opposed to league winners. Where here with Tyler Boyd, we have a guy who actually is putting up the big games and yet isn't being drafted like it. So there are a lot of different ways on which tyler boyd is a fantastic value for 2021 and one of them is just the fact that he's very very good and very consistent right so we have the wide receiver 17 from both 2018 and 2019 a guy who's had 16 plus points in six of his 10 starts with burrow last season and now he's down there at wide receiver 32 so again it's not that Boyd couldn't get hurt or that burrow couldn't have trouble with his rehab i mean it's not like you know he's an absolute lock no player is an absolute lock but tyler boyd is one of the best values that you'll ever see right now where he is in drafts
0: hey everyone before we get started i just want to take a moment to tell you about blue wire hustle a brand new program where you can host your own podcast here at blue wire hustle is created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start hustle is the perfect place for you as part of the program you'll receive personal cover art q and a's with blue wires top podcasters access to the community discord an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of all of that we will help get your show pushed to apple spotify google stitcher and all other listening platforms and the best part is you can get all this for only $15 a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you're wanting to grow hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience acceptance into the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com forward slash join check out the description box in this episode for more information but that's bwhustle.com join.
1: Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's
0: included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. And Sean, as move into the second half of the show. We're gonna look at another game. <laughs> Trout's career has played for a multitude of teams, uh, has hit over 1,000 yards on a a number of different occasions and continues to be able to put up those points. But he's one of those guys who does fly a little bit under the radar on a consistent basis as well. I think it's partly because he's moved around teams and there's been always a shuffle in the, the wide receiver core with him. There's always been people there who... Uh, stand out as well as key players on those rosters so uh, we see him now obviously with the Houston Texans his Branton Cooks uh, 114.5 as his average ADP at wide receiver 41 Um had a, had a big big step up at the end of the season obviously with Will Fuller um, out with suspension a lot of stuff happening obviously with the Texans um, with JJ Watt out of town now obviously they've moved on from uh, DeAndre Hopkins it's if you look at the way this team looks now versus how it looked a couple of seasons ago it's almost unrecognisable the one big question mark around Branton Cooks is uh, can we safely say that Deshaun Watson is going to be the quarterback uh, come the start of this season but Cooks is somebody who even with his current ADP has all that kind of question marks baked into it and we can kind of look to see what he's going to do so if we look at his win rate last year finished with 11% did have a, a down year the year before in 2019 uh, with with uh, the Rams and marred by injury just 2.9% win rate that season but he's been above average on on each of his seasons outside of that in the NFL 9.3 9.2 12.6 and 11.1 uh, throughout those seasons and has been extremely consistent uh, in the fantasy points numbers that he's put up he's been over 204 of those seasons and just short of 200 last year with 191.7 so uh, very very consistent fantasy performer throughout his career Uh, if we look at when Will Fuller played last year versus when he didn't there was uh, 11 games where he played together four games where he uh, played without and there was a big jump in terms of that performance the the PPR points per game with Fuller was just 12.9 but 22.35 with uh, without Fuller so a big big jump there touchdowns went up uh, basically a quarter of a touchdown per game to then uh, a scenario where he was having basically um, a third of, or three quarters of a touchdown per game over that time as uh, targets also gone up by, ten, by three in that span. Um, but overall, Sean, what are we looking at? Um, I, I think at his current ADP, we almost have worst case scenario uh, baked into that pricing.
1: We definitely do. And it, this is an FFPC Value article, but just to give a little bit more on Cook's, so those numbers there are from the best ball 10 graphic. Just to give you a couple more years to show you that uh, 2015, 2016, he also dominated. This is a guy who, when he was drafted in that range between, say, 25 and 50, that he was above average in his win rates. Then last season, he drops way, way, way down coming off of the concussion marred 2019, and he still performs well, even though his big game when he scored just a hair under 40 points that occurred in week 17, obviously, if that happens in any other week, then it boosts his win rate even higher. The thing here with cooks is you're basically now getting someone who has been a long-term star discounted by many, many rounds. And I think that we do have to consider what the risks are here and that if Deshaun Watson leaves and he's very intent on leaving, then what do we have with the Texans? Right? Right. I think in order to make this trade work, any team is going to have to throw in not just first-round picks and likely multiple first-round picks. They'll have to throw in a quarterback who is interesting in some way, shape, or form. You know, whether that's a Sam Darnold or a Tua or, you know, the Carolina Panthers are desperately trying to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater in a move for a different quarterback. You know, I don't know that that would appeal that much to the Texans. And Bridgewater probably isn't a great fit for Brandon and Cooks. But again, in most of these situations, you're going to get guys who do have some experience would be able to get the ball to Cooks. And it also looks like the Texans are not going to re-sign Will Fuller. So again, we're looking at that time period uh, where Fuller wasn't there and Cooks number one was the alpha receiver and number two had gotten used to what they were doing offensively. Now that may be all thrown away going into next season, you know, different scheme, all of those types of things. But Cook's, you know, he's this guy who has just always been good. As long as he doesn't have the concussions, he's going to give you points. And again, we look back at, okay, well, how are the points likely to come? Well, the frustrating thing for owners in non best ball leagues, so just your regular leagues, is that Cook has been always a little bit inconsistent. Frustrating just when you think that he's not going to score again, he goes off for a 40 point game. Uh, Just when you think you can rely on him, he puts up a zero. Well, you know, that probably is more narrative than actuality, but yet it's also something that's not as big of a problem in best ball leagues. So we go back to this idea of okay, these guys with the spike games, they are valuable and they tend to get overdrafted. But in Cook's case, he's clearly not being that. As you mentioned, he's getting drafted really at his absolute floor and then even if he gets hurt again at the price that you're paying it's very much worth the risk and so cook somebody i think that you have to have some shares of blair and i have been lucky enough to get him even below these crazy values in a couple of situations and so i think that you want to get him as cheaply as you can but here is a player who succeeded in a bunch of different offenses with a bunch of different quarterbacks a bunch of different offensive coordinators and granted Almost all of the QBs he's played with, with the exception of Jared Goff, are probably far superior to the quarterback Houston will have next year. If that quarterback is not Deshaun Watson, which, you know, the Texans insist it will be, Watson insists it won't. But those risks are being really pretty wildly overstated at this point. And the Texans probably will bring in another player or two who are least competent to take some of the targets away but if there's not an established guy like a will fuller who really is more of a star than people realize cooks is going to have the volume to easily outperform this adp
0: yeah i think so and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see just how this team looks uh let's say in three months time as they as they get ready to head into the season. There's just so many moving parts, but I think uh, my fear is very eased by that ADP. You know, we, if he was going a couple of rounds earlier, we would be saying, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? I think from that ADP, there's only upside, and it could end up, you know, if, if they keep if they keep hold of uh, Watson, a quarterback, and they have Fuller uh, around as well, it can just open up things uh, so much for him in that offense. Somebody who is a free agent uh, this offseason, and somebody, Sean, who I think maybe... Uh, um, fits into that part where you ma- mentioned as well that he's kind of more a-, a target for baseball rather than when we're looking at those season-long leagues where you're trying to select who you're putting into your lineup as Marvin Jones. And um, we have seen some major spike weeks from him, and then some quieter weeks. And you know, I we're both fans of Kenny Galladay, and I think maybe we were on that side of uh, wanting to have Galladay succeed on our rosters versus Marvin Jones, perhaps over the last couple of seasons. Um, Marvin Jones, somebody who. From his time with uh, Cincinnati till his time with Detroit and we'll see where he ends up this coming season but there's um, a lot of uh, interest and stuff for for him and he's going like just at bottom of the barrel prices at wide receiver 60 but we're looking at baseball, and we have somebody who's a, a deep threat and somebody who as an end zone threat as well. I think that really uh, opens up the value for him. Uh, the interesting thing with Marvin Jones is the the splits when we look at where his pass location is on the website, um, we can see that like 10 15 yards plus downfield um, is where he's really excelling uh, in terms of his receptions and yards. Um if we look to the left, uh, he's got 18 targets, 11 receptions, 232 yards and then to the right hand side 15 yards plus downfield, 14 targets, eight receptions, 221 yards the other area where he's very strong is the the kind of five to 15 yards in the middle of the field uh whereas obviously a little bit more of those red zone opportunities are going to come up as well for him so it's just interesting that usually we see a lot of green in the the short intermediate route and then it starts to go into the orange and and yellow as we as we head on down the field But with Jones it's uh, quite the opposite um, And it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens for him this season Where he lands and then where he can finish up So um, he's basically finished between wide receiver 15 and wide receiver 30 On a per game basis over the last four seasons uh, I think he also has that veteran discount um, And I think if you're drafting now before we know his landing spot There's also a bit of, of value baked in there Um, do you think like Jones for me is somebody who's going to be solely a best ball target um, but what's your thoughts on Marvin Jones um, as we as we get into draft season yeah so this is a tricky one for me because I've never been a big Marvin
1: Jones fan you know still sort of offended (laughs) that the Lions were comfortable pushing Calvin Johnson into retirement you know, acting like, oh, it's no big deal. We'll just replace a guy like Calvin Johnson with Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. I mean, that won't be any problem at all. Our our fans will like it as much. Our team will be as successful. And just like, you know, Marvin Jones and Golden Tate, those are these are number three receivers masquerading as volume guys when they're the starting receivers for a team and you have Matthew Stafford throwing. So you're going to put up some numbers, but, you know, are they real numbers? The other thing beyond that bias that may be rooted in nothing is simply that, the way that we like to put our rosters together, we like to have you know six stud receivers before the range that Jones starts going in and then move to running back in that range. We, we just want better guys than Marvin Jones. That's a little bit different here again in best ball, and it's a little bit different when he's now so extraordinarily cheap. We look at what Jones has done over the last four years. He had that big season in 2017, a 14% win rate, that jumped his ADP out of its normal range, which is sort of between 100 and 120, moved him up to 64. That didn't work out because he he had the higher ADP at the same time that he had a season where he missed seven games. So the win rate cratered there, but he did bounce back, put up very solid win rates in 2019 and 2020. And especially here in 2020, it would have been much higher than his 8.7% win rate if his best game hadn't occurred in week 17, scored 38 points that week. So, With Cooks and Jones, I think a little bit what is happening, one of the reasons why you can get a little bit of that value is that their big performance happened in a week that number one, people are not paying nearly as close attention. And number two, when you go in and you look at all these things, like points scored, like win rate, they don't necessarily show up because week 17 doesn't matter for win rate, right? But just to go into a little bit more depth with that, we know that the older receivers are at a much elevated risk for busting. And we know receivers who change teams that that has historically not been good. And so those are legitimate things to keep in mind. And Jones right now, all of these guys where we don't know where they're going to play and Marvin Jones could go from being sort of a high ceiling number two to really uh, just a deep shot number three or even number four kind of guy. I mean, he's talking about, oh, I want to go and you know compete for a Super Bowl. If he gets on a team where he just has a very minimal, maybe important to the reality offense, but not really a fantasy role, then maybe this ADP does end up being a little bit more justified. But we look at what he did last season, playing all 16 games, generated 40 plus fantasy points over expectation for the third time in his career. I mean, he looked like a good player last season on a Detroit team that, you know, was just a mess. And so to Posts an above average win rate, not with his best game included, at an ADP of 113, and then now to drop down to 170. Again, the situation that you discussed with Cooks, we have in play here, where it's not necessarily going to work out, but at this ADP, it really is all upside. We also consider the article that Blair published recently, uh, telling us specifically that after the top 100 picks, where you're actually pretty justified in taking those young players because of the wide range of outcomes and the high upside that they have, they often do pay off. But then once we get out of that top 100, the young guys actually are very, very, very risky. Now that may be a little bit different in redraft, right? Because if they bust in redraft, then you just play somebody else, you replace them in free agency. But in best ball, you're limited to this handful of guys and the super risky players tend to year after year sort of overwhelm your solid picks so even if you do hit sometimes you're still having those wiped out by all the misses marvin jones someone who fits very nicely within that philosophy of taking some veteran guys late who have some solid likely production for you again we'll have to track where he goes in free agency there's always a chance the people who are scared of this nightmare scenario in terms of where he lands that they'll end up being right Even if that's the case, at wide receiver 60,
0: you're not going to lose very much. Yeah I think so and um, this whole article has been a bit of a, a tease um, you know listeners to the show will know sometimes when you're you listening that you get a sneak preview to something that's going to be up on the site in the next couple of days or the, the coming week from Sean and uh, this piece is uh, one that fits into that category another player, uh, I'm not going to tell you the player but I'm going to tell you the headline that's above the player's name and it is the next Jamal Charles question mark so uh, I think you're going to want to, for anyone, <laughs> for anyone that's been playing fantasy football for any length of time we know that uh, Jamal Charles and all all-time great when it comes to uh, fantasy seasons uh, so you don't want to miss that as it comes out and um, the piece will be out i believe sean later this week but there's uh, two other players in there but one of them potentially uh, been uh, named as uh, potentially the next jamal Charles. so uh, exciting exciting one to uh, read this coming week uh, sean we did have our contest uh, over the last couple of weeks for um the draft guides and we had a lot of entries in uh, via the the um submissions for the five-star ratings of how you won your podcast uh, last season by listening to the show. We got a few more in so I did want to give them a Shout out, um, and um, also uh, calls coming in here for uh, using the ten percent discount code. So anytime we can give that a free plug, um, that's that's the way to go. But um, love the pod. Use the ten percent code uh, for the year wrote of his subscription uh, to heavily get an edge uh, and their competitive leagues. All the help uh, from the pod, uh, and he wishes that Sean was still on Twitter. So I guess Sean, this uh, covers a multitude of things, but. We, we we do discuss this from time to time. I think uh, that the Twitter ship has uh, passed for for Sean Siegel. Is there ever is there ever a time we're going back there? Yeah, we, I mean we have to always keep that as a
1: possibility, right? And I do <laughs> appreciate people making that request, even though I'm not currently on there. It does you know it it feels good to have people make that mention. So I I really appreciate it, and and we appreciate the fans of the show, and, and hopefully the show. gives people some access and gives people a chance to interact with us instead of Twitter. And so I think that that element is fun for me that we have the show and that can do some of the same types of things. We also have a comment here that is appointment listening for serious fantasy football players. I won my league thanks to drafting digs in a startup a few years ago, trading up for Jonathan Taylor and still striking gold with Antonio Gibson And he says, knowing the name James Robinson well enough to jump on him when the time came, made all the difference. Thanks, Sean. We appreciate that as well. Those are some guys we've liked. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor, a favorite of ours. We're hoping that he's going to have a huge second season. And then Antonio Gibson and James Robinson, a couple of the people that we mentioned on the site and the show very frequently. So we're we're grateful for them to c- carrying our listeners, carrying our owners. Uh, we appreciate Gibson and, and Robinson for what they're doing. And we appreciate all of the listeners. This was a great contest. We appreciate everybody who entered and those who got the draft guide. I uh, just a little mention too about the draft guide, the fifth player in the value series. I decided to go ahead and throw in a rookie running back. We know that some of those rookie running backs actually do end up being values and uh, Uh, there's a guy who we cover in the guide quite extensively who just I'm blown away by what his ADP is. So uh, check out the site for that. We'll uh, we'll be mentioning him quite a few times on the show uh, as we go through the draft process. So never fear uh, if you do miss that for any reason, and we hope you don't, then uh, you'll still be covered here we'll be talking about him in the future
0: yeah we'll be covering all our favorite guys as we we get through the whole process and get ready for the uh, 2021 nfl season uh, as always um you can get yourself that 10 discount off a one-year road of subscription by applying the code RV radio 2021 at checkout or by going to rotaviz.com for further information you can always drop us that five-star review on your favorite podcast app it is very very much appreciated we will read some out uh, on the shows over the coming weeks um and uh, we do thank Thank you once again that's going to do it for today's episode of the show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over tomorrow my co-host as always is sean siegel you can check out the piece we talked about today on the site over the next couple of days uh, and get a get those uh, players that we teased as well to see who we were talking about so uh, thank you once again for tuning into the show until we're back later in the week have a good one my name's is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over tomorrow my co-host is sean siegel until we're back with another one have a good one